welcome, welcome. Back here on the Plus, it's the Damon Bruce Show. Not only are we on YouTube, not only can you find this wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast, but we are on AMP as well. And I'm telling you, I got a special Two for Tuesday playlist for you when we get into the VIP room. A little bit later on, it is Tuesday, the 19th of September, and we are already nearly in the middle of Giants Week because the 49ers are kicking off their home opener Thursday night against the New York Giants. And all I can tell you, everyone, is welcome home. Welcome home. It's like homecoming. It really is. That's why I, I, I called today's thumbnail 49ers homecoming. I loved homecoming when I was in college. It was like my favorite weekend of the year. I love the feeling of a fall, crisp, crisp fall day. You know, homecoming, foxtail hats, which is on Ike right over here. The cardboard cutout. By the way, we got a double Ike going today. Double Ike. I'm wearing the T-shirt. Uh, this is actually called a sweatshirt. Uh, and, and look, he's wearing the fox hat. That to me is homecoming right there. That's what I'm talking about. I love homecoming. And it feels like every single 49er fan has basically followed this team through its first two games on the road, a near takeover of Pittsburgh, and then a total takeover of Los Angeles, and you're coming home to nothing. It's as good of a start as Kyle's had. And when you look at how this plays out and you look at how the cards that were dealt when you saw the season schedule look a little different now that they're laying on the table in actual play two weeks into an NFL season. Things change quickly in this league. Uh, so welcome home. That's for every 49er fan who's been traveling with the team so far. They're going to be very happy. I saw that they're putting in new turf uh, at Levi Stadium after their Ed Sheeran concert. So uh, it should be a rousing Thursday night at Levi Stadium, unless, of course, people are having trouble getting there because they didn't get out of work fast enough and getting in and out of that place is absolute total hell, especially on a weeknight with commuter traffic. And it's just the big kiss of death that we all have to live with around here. But so, c'est la vie. Ooh, I, I hope you had the under today. Because that's a sip of the day right there. I mean, that was perfect in this fellow mug, which is called the Carter. Oh, very fancy, very fancy. Uh, it, it really it retains heat perfectly. Um, I got to figure out exactly my coffee uh, setup because this morning I got a perfect cup of coffee right here at the beginning of the show. If you took the over, you stood no chance today. Under money all day. Um, Brandon Ayuk would not have practiced on Monday but the good news is the 49ers didn't even have practice on Monday. It was a day off for the team. He, I, I, Look, I, I'm going to be surprised if if Brandon Ayuk isn't playing on Thursday night. He, he was banged up. I think he's one of those you're hurt, you're not injured type of situations. Um, 100% injured is Saquon Barkley, and that is just a massive advantage for the 49ers. We have seen this New York Giants team have trouble have trouble establishing any offensive rhythm, certainly shut out in week one. Uh, they were shut out for a portion of their week two come-from-behind win over the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so it is not smooth sailing for this New York Giants offense. Yes, Daniel Jones as a mobile quarterback offers some eye candy that the 49ers have tripped over. You know, mobile quarterbacks are not the easiest to deal with. 
but I would rather deal with Daniel Jones and his mobile quarterback reputation than another week of Matthew Stafford getting the ball out on two Mississippi every single time he hits that three-step drop. I think the 49ers are going to have better defensive line play. Their defense is going to be more accounted for in this game, and Brock Purdy is dropping 30 just about every single time we look up here. So, look, this should be 3-0. and I'm not going to get cocky. The minute you get cocky in the NFL, you find yourself in trouble. But this should be 3-0, and and then you start looking beyond that. Well, again, we'll, we'll get there in just a minute. But uh, this is as good of a start as Kyle Shanahan has had since he's been the head coach of the 49ers. Has he been 2-0 and before? Yes, but 2-0 and and as uninjured as they seem to be, as healthy and rested and ready to go as it all looks, I'm telling you, this is a really good start to the 49ers season. There is no doubt about that. We are off to a really good start on this Tuesday. If you want to be underway with a really good lunch this Tuesday, why not download that Ike's Reward app right now and start signing up for sandwiches and getting your purchases done through the Ike's Reward app. Not only can you set up delivery to wherever you are, but you also earn points towards free sandwiches. And if free sandwiches isn't enough to get you off your couch and do something, I really can't help you. Uh, Free Ike's sandwiches is about as important of a statement as I think you can put out in the world these days. Get yourself to Ike's. You will find the delicious waiting there just for you. Any way you want it, he's got it. Uh, Speaking of delicious, anytime I want a little whiskey, I am reaching for a bottle of Blackened these days, and boy, I recommend you do as well. Blackened whiskey, it's it's fantastic. Um, Blackened is perfect in a cocktail. It is perfect for the price point that you find it at. It is perfect neat whiskey. It is perfect on the rocks. I love me some blackened and every single pluser who has gone out and tried a bottle has told me, yeah, I like it too. So get yourself a bottle of blackened. You'll be awfully happy that you did. And let me tell you, my man Stefan at Bottom Line Bets is fuming still over this McVay field goal because it ruined what would have been a perfect week two in the NFL. My man Stefan can't claim undefeated week two. He can only claim being 6 0 and one. Well, technically, that is undefeated. He didn't lose a game, but he had to push. And my man Stefan only likes helping you cash winners. Go to bottomlinebets.com, sign up for daily, weekly, monthly subscriptions, and believe me, you want in now. Don't wait. Don't put this off to tomorrow. Don't think, well, I'm going to play my own plays for another week or two, see how I'm doing, and if I need any help, then I'm going to go. Dude, you would be up big time right now if you were just playing My Man Stefan Plays. Again, daily, weekly, monthly subscriptions, a personal touch. He will reach out and let you know how to connect with him. This man cares about winning. He cares about you winning, and he is pissed off at Sean McVay, as are a lot of other gamblers. We will... Uh, let you know about that uh, as we move along here today. But man, what a screw you to the betting public McVeigh offered up. There are stories in the news about this. Um, my man, Stefan, is red hot. Bottomlinebets.com. Find out for yourself. Don't even bother taking my word for it. Daily, weekly, monthly subscriptions. Oh, he sent me a video from his penthouse above the aria there, and he was just, he was so pissed off, so pissed off at what McVeigh did. And uh, look, a lot of Vegas is pissed off at what McVeigh did, but it ruined 
a 7-0 Sunday. He had to settle for 6-0-1. Wouldn't you be so lucky settling for 6-0-1? Now, where do you go to place that? How about mybookie.ag? Use promo code DAMON when you sign up. You'll get up to 50% match on a $1,000 deposit for mybookie.ag. How come it's not mybookie.com? Well, it's offshore, mybookie.ag. So when you sign up, make sure your credit card is approved for international transactions. It'll make the whole process seamless. And boom, you're going to be playing great prop bets, great team bets, great lines all the way around. They've got a casino. You get a $10 casino chip when you sign up using promo code Damon at mybookie.ag. You'll be very happy that you did. Go ahead and check it out. Check it out. Check out the 49ers. Again, they are sitting pretty at 2-0 with two big road wins. Again, they haven't even entered the home portion of their schedule, for goodness sakes. They've already got a win in division over a team that looks like because the Rams got a lot better overnight than anyone expected, right? Uh, the Rams look like they might be the biggest threat in division to the 49ers, and they've already got a win in hand over the Rams. The next three games for Kyle Shanahan are all at home. You got the New York Giants on Thursday, followed by Arizona and then Dallas. Now, we'll circle that Dallas game and get back to it for uh, in a minute, but beyond that... You got two road games that today look an awful lot easier than the day the schedule came out. These are road games in Cleveland, and obviously Cleveland had its season altered with a season-ending injury last night. Um, At Minnesota, that's a Monday night game. Now, that stadium will roar on a Monday night, but I don't know if the Vikings are roaring like anyone expected so far this year. The Vikings do not look very good at 0-2 and have not really threatened anyone or scared anybody, so that game looks a little easier now than it did when the schedule came out. And then you're coming home for a Week 8 date, which a lot of people said might be a Super Bowl preview with the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, the Super Bowl preview could still apply to the 49ers, but the Bengals right now, they just like to visit the win column. Forget about the Super Bowl. They've got problems in Cincinnati. They're off to a dreadful 0-2 start with Joe Burrow having a a calf that's barking at him. Things are not good in Cincinnati, so that game looks a little different now than when the season came out. Like when you look at now the first eight games of the year, knowing that you're already 2-0, 6-2 would almost feel a little disappointing. So now we're talking about 7-1, 8-0, And folks, I mean, that's exactly what you want to be doing if you're an NFL team who wants to be something special in any year. My goodness, my goodness, Uh, that Dallas game is the one game on paper where you got to make the argument that you could be beaten by this team before the game even kicks off. Like Dallas is looking pretty good. Dallas is looking good. Uh, Dallas might have played two teams from New York that aren't going to be nearly as good as some people expected, but Look, taking nothing away from anyone based on their opponent, Dallas has looked good. So that's the game that, you know, you need to be a little bit worried about. And if you worry about Dallas before you handle your business against the New York Giants or Arizona, that's how you trip over those games. So, you know, the old cliche, one at a time. But we all see that Dallas game lurking. And then beyond that, a road trip 
that looks a lot easier. And then a home game against the Bengals that looks easier as of today. Again, six and two in the first eight. How about this? If you had, when the schedule came out, walked up to me and said, I'm going to sell you six and two over the first eight games of this year, do you want to buy it? I would have said, yes, I will buy that right now. Sight unseen, I would buy that. Now that we're two games into the season and I'm seeing the Niners and I'm seeing what these opponents look like, if you tried to sell me six and two, I wouldn't buy it right now. I will roll my, I would roll the dice with the Niners saying, I think they can do better than six and two. I think they can go seven and one. They beat Dallas. They they could be eight and zero after eight games this year. Again, we're a little getting ahead of ourselves, are we not? Yes, we are. But that's the fun. That's the fun. Again, we don't want to be too goofy. We don't want to be too nutty. We don't want to get too over our skis on anything, or else we would start losing your respect, like the respect of Mr. Bacon, Egg, and Cheese Croissant, who says, finally, a good podcast after hearing all the garbage all morning long. Well, thank you. This isn't just a podcast, though, mind you. This is a multimedia experience on YouTube. It goes into podcast form. We have a Club Plus. Then we meet on the AMP app in the VIP room, where today I've got a double shot two for Tuesday uh, concept that I'm going to roll past you and I think you're going to like. So again, it's a multimedia experience. But thank you, Mr. Bacon, Egg, and Cheese Croissant. Great to see you here. Stacy Leo says, Postman and Capitola, your oi oi oi's always make me smile. Stacy. Oi oi oi! Me too. Always like getting an oi oi oi. Uh, we got a. Uh, Send it in, Jerome. Shout out from my man, True Blue, forever. And Ted Sanchez just saying, hit that like button like it owes you some money. Yeah, smash that thing. Smash that like button, boys and girls. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to do on a Tuesday afternoon? Uh, JJ Raider had a 11.10 for sip of the day. Again, we went way under today, JJ. Sorry, I didn't mean to cost you any money if you put a lot of money on it. See, here's the nice thing about this. By the way, they're not paying me. I'm getting no endorsement contract from this the, this, the fellow coffee company. Um, this mug, though, that sip that I took right now, I promise you, wasn't a degree down from the sip of the day sip. That's a good mug. Listen to that. Sounds good, right? Sounds sturdy. What complaint do you have about the 49ers so far? What complaint do you have? There really can't be one unless you wanted to get, all right, I'm going to worry about things before they happen level of complaints. And maybe a complaint does then apply to Christian McCaffrey's snap count. You know, use it a tad more sparingly is the suggestion I would give because, um, you know, teams with an injured starting running back, see their prospects change quickly. The Cleveland Browns saw their prospects change quickly with that Nick Chubb injury. That was brutal, and we'll get to it in a second. But McCaffrey's snap count, uh, Matt Barrows was tracking these things, and Shanahan in his Monday uh, uh, speech to the media said the team didn't plan for McCaffrey to have such a heavy workload early on in this year. He had 20 or more carries in both games so far. He is the early leader in rushing yards around the NFL with 268. Sunday was the 14th time in his career that McCaffrey played 100% of the team's offensive snaps, 
Anderson, the first time he's done it since 2019. Again, he was left out there for eye candy when Debo would get the ball, and Debo had about as good of a rushing day as he's had since Christian McCaffrey join the team. The problem is that Elijah Mitchell didn't see the field. Elijah Mitchell is good enough to see the field in a backup role. He shouldn't just be odd man out. He didn't get it. And I understand that, you know, Debo sees the Rams and he turns into the incredible Hulk and you're going to give him a little bit more run than you would maybe against other opponents as a running back. But you got to involve Elijah Mitchell, number one, because Mitchell's good. Number two, you've got to be a little concerned. Again, two games in, snap counts for McCaffrey. Be careful with that guy. He's the most important guy in the locker room when it really comes down to it. I I really think so. Uh, McCaffrey is the skeleton key that unlocks 30 points a game as much as Brock Purdy making good decisions. He is the force multiplier since he has joined the team. The 49ers offense was one thing pre-Christian McCaffrey and has become something completely different post-Christian McCaffrey. And he is as precious a resource as this team has. You don't want to go squandering your resources to the point where, look, if it's not a high leverage carry, if the game is in hand, get him off the field. Get him off the field and keep him off the field. He should not have had, you know, there were four or five snaps in that Steelers game that were unnecessary. Now, maybe the snaps against the Rams were a bit more necessary because that's a one-score game after Sean McVay screws up everything. Um, still got my man Stefan angry. But look, um, it, it, it's Christian McCaffrey carries with him the expectations of the entire year. If Christian McCaffrey were to go down, The chances of the 49ers winning the Super Bowl vanish. The chances of the 49ers appearing in this Super Bowl become infinitesimal. I mean, that's how important he truly is. So be careful with that guy. Be very, very careful with that guy. Uh, The injury that we didn't see, and I'm not complaining. Nick Chubb got his knee Navarro Bowman in one of the Monday night football games. The network chose to not show it to us. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman said, we're not showing you this one. That's how bad it is. And then to sort of let everyone know how bad it was, The injury was shown inside the stadium, and you heard the entire Steelers crowd see the injury in real time, and everyone in that stadium let out an ooh. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't see it. But then I did. I did see it on Twitter. And it's Navarro Bowman-esque. Knees are not supposed to fold that way. It's just simple. It is grotesque. But it's the first time I can remember any network just punting on showing a replay of an injury. You know, normally you get the warning, you know, the look away. This is going to be bad. They'll set you up for what's about to happen. You know, you know, if you don't want to watch this, 
change the channel for five seconds and then come on back. You know, they'll give you a warning. They didn't even bother giving a warning. They didn't even bother showing it. And I, again, I have seen it. You don't need to see it. You don't. I didn't want to see it. Like, I don't even like rolled ankles. I don't like any broken bones. Had I heard, had it, had it been a compound fracture, I would not have seen it. I would have thrown my phone right across the living room before it appeared in the palm of my hand checking out Twitter last night. Um, but God, that that, that was, uh, a, a, is that a new different way of going about injury business at the network level when it's that bad we no longer get to see it? Like, uh, that feels like a little bit of a softening of America, doesn't it? I mean, if Joe Theismann had his leg break, you'd have to take the game off the air. That's how bad that was. (laughs) You know, I mean, I've seen some savage injuries. Napoleon Kaufman's injury. Willis McGahee for the Miami Hurricanes in the National championship game had about as bad a knee injury as I've ever seen. I I would think it was Willis McGahee. And it, it, look, it injuries are a part of football. I think they should still show the injury with the warning only because people, people want to know and people are gambling on these games. People are invested from a fantasy standpoint. So getting information about availability and what I thought was just ridiculous is they were talking about how, yeah, um, Nick Chubb has been ruled out for the game. Folks, he's been ruled out for the rest of the year. I mean, that's uh, what are you talking about? He's been ruled out tonight. Anyone who saw that knows he's not playing another down of football for a full calendar year, for goodness sakes. That was more than just, oh, he tore his ACL. That's full, full knee reconstruction surgery is what he needs, and it was bad. It was really bad. You didn't need to see it. I didn't want to see it, but then I did by accident. I wasn't even seeking it. Shit just popped up, and whoever edited that video just had it so timed up to where, oh, I mean, I couldn't unsee it. Don't don't find it. It's rough. But boy, that changes the prospects of the Cleveland Browns, does it not? The Cleveland Browns had Chubb go out of that game and their offense basically stopped working. You know, that to me has got a little Christian McCaffrey written all over it. It's a cautionary tale, if you will. Um, Speaking of cautionary tales, Deshaun Watson is a cautionary tale at this point in his career. And when you talk about bad investments, the Deshaun Watson contract that the Cleveland Browns gave a guy who, again, had his gherkin yerked so hard in Houston, he had to leave Houston and have a 10-figure settlement for all the yerkin gherkin or gherkin yerkin that he subjected women to. Um, There was never a less worthy of a guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract guy than Deshaun Watson. But at least he was going to make you forget about all those massage jerk-off parties he insisted having based on the way he would play, right? Well, not so much. Deshaun Watson has been awful since he has become the the, the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. As a matter of fact, he wishes... Deshaun Watson wishes he had the kind of production that got Baker Mayfield run out of town. 
Baker Mayfield's numbers were better than Deshaun Watson's numbers at this point in his I'm the starter of the Cleveland Browns career, and that wasn't good enough. But they are so married to Deshaun Watson that they're going to have to keep jerking him off for at least three more years. Roger Sherman, formerly of The Ringer, now he's on his own, uh, he has said, here's your Deshaun Watson update. Out of 35 quarterbacks with 200 passing yards attempts since the start of 2022, Deshaun Watson is 33rd in yards, just below Carson Wentz. He's 33rd in passer rating, just below Davis Mills. He's 34 in sack rate. He's 34th in completion percentage. He's 30th in success rate. And he's got a 100% guaranteed deal, which kicks in with a brand new cap number of $64 million per season over the 2024, 25, and 26 years. He will carry a cap hit of $64 million, and he is measurably one of the worst quarterbacks in football and has been since the start of the 2022 season. So all I can tell you is, Cleveland, your fan base doesn't deserve the suffering you've offered up. But that franchise for doing the deal with Deshaun that no one else is willing to do, they totally deserve this. Nick Chubb did not deserve what happened to him last night. But them's the breaks when you toy with the football gods. By the way, I did not like, did not like the Monday Night Football doubleheader. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know how many people are sharing you know, this opinion with me this morning anywhere in the sports talk radio world because normally uh, uh, you know, more football equals more to talk about equals better equals I'm not complaining. But to me, not only were the games not great, but you had the teams essentially dressed the same, which means, you know, unless you were looking at the scoring bug and you didn't have your glasses on, you really didn't even know what you were looking at because you got the Steelers wearing, you know, their home black and yellow uniforms. The Browns are wearing all white and those Browns uniforms look pretty clean. I'm not complaining about the Browns uniforms, but they look just kind of like the Carolina Panthers uniforms. They wore all white as the... New Orleans Saints were wearing all black. So you had a, am I looking at Steelers Browns or am I looking at at at, at Saints and, and Panthers here? Like there wasn't enough of a difference on the flip back to know where you were unless you studied the screen for a little while. Now, maybe this is more about me than it is a problem for you. Um, since you don't talk about football for a living, but Monday Night Football to me was always a spotlight game, and it allows me to get to know a couple of teams that I might not know because I'm watching so much 49ers football on the weekend. Uh, I'm not bouncing around with Red Zone for at least you know however long the 49ers are playing, plus the post game show that I'm doing, and so uh, you know. the spotlight of Monday Night Football really gets you into a team. It's depth chart, getting to know them, getting to know their tendencies, getting to watch what they do. What are they good at? What are they bad at? Like, it's always a little study session for me, Monday Night Football. 
and I'll I'll take notes on a Monday night football game. I know this is nuts. You know, none of you are watching it like this, like I do. But I'll take notes on a Monday night football game only because I'm learning things about two teams that I'm not covering that often. Like the more obscure the Monday night game, kind of the more I'm even interested in it at times. I'm like, oh, normally I don't get to see Jacksonville, Houston, so I'm I'm gonna watch this one, you know. And it's also, you know, hey, it's football, so we'll watch whatever football's on. But I didn't like the Monday Night Football doubleheader. And you know who else didn't like the Monday Night Football uh, Monday Night Football doubleheader? Cable TV providers. I saw this story this morning that um, Awful Announcing ran a story that Monday Night Football was, you know, had one of the games on ABC last night because of the writers' strike. You got network television screwing over writers and hardworking people in Hollywood, but they still want to get people watching networks. So what are we going to do? We'll put on some either popular rerun or live sporting event, or even a re, you know, a replay of something that people are interested in. Well, you know, we all know that football wins and wins like nothing else on TV. So they took one of these Monday night football games in the double header and they put it over on ABC. Now cable and Disney who have just been at, at each other's throats, right? Cable companies, charter carrier, whatever it was that that Disney and them were going at it, negotiating. And remember, ESPN charges more to any cable company's bottom line than any other bundle out there. So if, you know, I'm going to ask my customers to be paying for ESPN, whether they're watching it or not, what I want is ESPN to have the exclusivity of things that you can only then get on cable. And this is why we have to continue partnering with ESPN and Disney as a cable provider, because they have the dope that you are addicted to, which is NFL football. Well, Awful Announcing says, according to Sports Business Journal, by making companies pay for ESPN and ABC when they're airing the same premier programming, distributors are paying a huge price for ESPN because of all their exclusive live sports programming, not so that it can also be shown free to air on ABC. In other words, you wouldn't have had that game on, but you got a writer's strike. So you took the game and you put it somewhere that it wasn't supposed to be. Quote from a distribution executive, this whole double dipping on the backs of distributors is just ridiculous. This is not going to endear the Walt Disney Company to its distribution partners. Its flagship content was supposed to sit within ESPN. The fact that it's now sprung free to ABC to cover the fact that we aren't willing to pay actors and screenwriters is bullshit. I agree. I agree. The fact that that writer's strike is still going on is just a disgrace from Hollywood. It really is. It's a disgrace. But I was telling you earlier, and you know what? I want to bring up my man's graphic again here. Because bottom line bets right here absolutely applies to this story. I saw this from Fox Sports. The Rams' decision to kick the field goal in the final seconds of Sunday night's loss to the San Francisco 49ers might have had a meaningless impact on the outcome of the game, but it is 
baffling handicappers in Las Vegas. Quote, although it wasn't going to break the bank, we did have more money on the Niners spread than the Rams. So we were pleased with that absurd decision. That is Derek Wilkinson, SVP of sports for the uh, DRF Sportsbook Network. Uh, However, we don't feel particularly good about winning that one. It would make some sense if there were even a slightest bit of time left on the clock, but doing it as the clock is running out is just baffling. You had Sean McVay sending an FU to 49ers fans and everyone who bet on the team. He couldn't beat them, so he decided to beat people who wagered on the game. Sean McVay. Oh, did he piss off my man Stefan at bottom line bets? My man Stefan would have had a perfect 7 0 weekend. He had to settle for 6 0 and 1, that one being a push, because he, like so many, had 49ers minus 7. Oh, Sean McVay, he didn't acknowledge the field goal post game. Again, This is what happens when we bring gambling, not under the table, but on the table, and now you got a coach absolutely making a decision not to better his team's prospects of winning a game, but to ruin a final for the wagering public. So he could send the, what, 15% Rams fans who actually showed up at the Rams game in LA home knowing that, well, hey, at least we pushed. Oh, my man Stefan is angry. He should be. You won't be angry if you sign up for bottom line bets. Daily, weekly, monthly subscriptions. Bottom line bets. My man Stefan got screwed over this weekend, so he gets two promos on today's show. Go to bottomlinebets.com. He is winning every single time I look up. He's going to the cage to cash a winning ticket. And if you follow him on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, you see him with these uh, uh, tickets that are winners. You also see the bottom line bets girls, which, you know, if that's your thing, you'll be happy that you did. Frickin' Sean McVay. How dare he? Ruin my man Stefan's weekend. And when I say ruined the weekend, he was still incredibly profitable at 6-0-1. And and you would have been, too, had you signed up. Daily, weekly, and monthly subscriptions available. One other note on the Rams. McVay has said the general manager and Les Snead, they're talking with a handful of teams about trading a man who used to be their starting running back, Cam Akers. Cam Akers is on the trading block, and that is the direction we're heading in. They're heading in that direction for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Kyron Williams looks like a starter, kids, so they're happy with what he's done. And there has been a level of discontent between Cam Akers and the Los Angeles Rams that dates back to last year where he basically sat out a month for reasons not explained or really understood, and he was a healthy scratch uh, in week two against the 49ers. And all I'm going to tell you is that Cam Akers, I don't know why it didn't work out in, in, in L.A. I don't know why it all went sour, but Cam Akers isn't bad. And there are two teams that I know might be looking for a running back right now. If I were Les Snead, I would be calling the Cleveland Browns this morning. Cleveland Browns are down Nick Chubb after the brutal injury on Monday Night Football. So maybe I would also call the Indianapolis Colts and say, what about Cam Akers plus 
a cherry on top straight up for Jonathan Taylor if the Colts are indeed trading Jonathan Taylor, which it sounds like they will be. So, look, you put Jonathan Taylor on the Rams, that, that, that team gets a little bit scarier. But discontent already brewing in a couple of places. Here's a team we don't talk about an awful lot, the Houston Texans, right? We don't talk about the Houston Texans because there hasn't been much of a reason to talk about them. D'Amico Ryans, obviously, is a guy who had great success as a 49ers defensive coordinator. It's easy to root for D'Amico Ryans. It's easy to like D'Amico Ryans. Well, Miko, dude, he needs a home win badly. Uh, He lost his home opener to Indianapolis on Sunday, and the Texans, they haven't won a home game since David Culley was the head coach. That goes back a couple of years. They beat the Chargers 41-29 the day after Christmas in 2021. But over the last three seasons, according to John McClain, retired yet still still covering the NFL, John McClain, under David Culley, Lovey Smith, and now D'Amico Ryans, the Houston Texans are 2-15-1 at NRG Stadium, including 0-7-1 in 2022. So they didn't win at home in the one game they played this year. They didn't win at home in any game they played at home last year. And you got to go the season before that and all the way back to the day after Christmas to find their last home win. They will host the Steelers on October 1st. They're on the road against Jacksonville this weekend, but say a little prayer for D'Amico and whatever Houston Texan fan you may have known. I don't think I've ever met a Houston Texans fan. I'm sure they're out there, but uh, Houston Texans have had it rough. Here's your glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope for Houston Texans fans. C.J. Stroud's passing yards. 384 this past weekend. That's the second most by a player age 21 or younger since the merger trailing only Matthew Stafford, who in his rookie year in Detroit threw for 422 yards. That's according to ESPN stats and info. So a little glimmer of hope in a rookie quarterback, but D'Amico and the Texans, they need a home win. They need a home win badly. Look, I don't know who is going to win the national championship in college the same way I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I don't know who the biggest winner in the NFL will be, but I do know who the biggest winner in college football already is, and it's Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. Who would have ever thought that Dion would be this good, this hot, this fast. I mean, even if you had the highest of expectations for him, they couldn't have been parked anywhere on the street that Dion is now living on. The Colorado Buffaloes and Dion Sanders are so far and away the biggest story on planet football this year. That includes anything happening in the NFL. ESPN PR shared that the Sunday night, late night game in Colorado against Colorado State. Again, this is not a marquee matchup. It might be a rivalry, but I never saw networks trying to give you Colorado, Colorado State as a game of the week in any way, shape, or form. Well, it was the late night game. I believe it kicked off like 
10 p.m. East Coast time. Colorado's comeback thriller over Colorado State got 9.3 million viewers on Saturday night. 9.3 million tuned into that. It's ESPN's fifth most watched college football game ever. Ever. Dion. Third game in Colorado, fifth most watched college football game on ESPN ever, and it shatters the ESPN late prime window for viewership high. It is the most streamed regular season game of all time. So on the internet, it's the biggest game ever consumed. In its window, it's drawn the largest audience ever, and it's the fifth most watched college football game in the history of ESPN as a network. That is unbelievable. Truly, truly unbelievable, because Colorado was never a national brand. It took Dion three fucking weeks to make Colorado a national brand. Amazing. It's it, And here's the thing. If you didn't like how we went about it, and I didn't love how we went about it, uh, you can't argue with the results on a football field. You can't. This is a results-based business, and Colorado Colorado would be better working on a multi, 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 multi-million dollar extension for Dion right now because I'm telling you, some team in the SEC is about to put the godfather offer in front of Dion Sanders. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Dion at Colorado going one and done. I mean, I'm sure he's got a whole bunch of money tied up and that not being a real reality, but some team in the SEC might be dumb enough to pay that buyout, whatever it is. Um, if you are Colorado, you're praying that you get five years of this. Five years of Dion before he either goes to become the next head coach of Florida State or Alabama or something like that. And um, or, or or maybe even considers the NFL one day. Deion Sanders is the hottest property on planet football you could possibly find, because remember, I don't care that there isn't a commissioner of college sports. Uh, I don't care that Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL. The real commissioner of all sports these days are television contracts. And Deion Sanders is doing things to alter television contracts in a way that no one could have possibly assumed or thought of or hoped for. I mean, you couldn't have taken a fistful worth of peyote and made this success story up that Dion is having at Colorado. It's unprecedented. It's, it's, it's amazing. I've never seen anyone go from nobody cares to, oh, now the Tampa Bay Rays are essentially the New York Yankees. That's what he did. And I'm going to take this even a little further. Okay, I'm going to take this even a little further. Um, had Dion Sanders shown up in Boulder the year before he actually got there? I'm going to tell you right now that some form of the Pac-12 going forward would still exist. Had Dion shown up to a nobody-wants-our-network deal conference putting up these kind of numbers of interest, Dion Sanders would have at Colorado alone saved the Pac-12, and had Deion Sanders gotten to Boulder two years before he did, it might still be a fully functioning USC and UCLA are still in the Pac-12 because with numbers like this, now you're getting a bigger media deal that is the lifeblood of why USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. Had Deion Sanders 
shown up in Colorado two years before he did. Maybe the entirety of the Pac-12 still exists. Had he shown up last year, certainly some form of the Pac-12 would still be existing going forward. That's how much of a presence he has had. Deion Sanders would have been the commissioner of college football, keeping the Pac-12 together had he gotten there the year before. Meanwhile, the Big 12 has to be sitting over in the corner, like happily masturbating, knowing that they've got this meal ticket coming in in Deion Sanders. They got to be so excited about it. My God, there's never been anything like it. The normal primetime window for a Pac-12 after dark game was one or two million people watching. Colorado had 9.3 million watching against Colorado State on a Saturday night with a 10 o'clock East Coast start time. That's absurd, folks. It's, in- it's incredible. It's incredible. Stuart Mandel, who covers uh, TV and sports, says Colorado CSU got 9.3 million. That's ESPN's most watched late night game on record in the fifth highest of any regular season game on record for ESPN. For reference, the typical Pac-12 after dark game got between one and two million viewers. 9.3. Dude, it's Dion's world. We're just living in it. And there's never been anything quite like this where He's the head coach and he's the star of the game. His son is the quarterback, so he's also the star of the game. So you got the head coach and his son as the stars of the game. Then you got the fact that Dion is literally starring in every single commercial that you're watching in every commercial break of the game that he and his son are starring in. He is on the pregame, he's on the postgame. There's a live look in to Dion Sanders press conferences because those have become must-see sporting events these days. It's it's insane. There's never been anything quite like this. I'm going to tell you right now, if you offered most of Sports America, here's the deal. You can keep on watching Colorado this year, or you can see the World Series. Which would you take? Like 90% of America is voting on show me Colorado, screw the World Series. That's how big this is. That's how big this is. Is a World Series game getting 9 million viewers? I don't think so. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't bet on it. And I guess that brings us to the end of our show. Giants are at the Diamondbacks tonight. I mean, will I watch? Sure. There's nothing else on. Alex Cobb against Zach Gallen. Two games out of the wild card. We all know that they're not worthy, but hey, they're mathematically still, they got a heartbeat. So there you go. That's about as much fun as the San Francisco Giants can offer you. We got a heartbeat, and you might want to watch when nothing else is on. But if anything else was on, you wouldn't be watching Giants baseball. Let's see. Let's see what happens. What do we got here? This is from a long time ago, but uh, Forging Through the Fire says, John Boy only covers baseball. He does only cover baseball. Um, I like John Boy and the work that he does. But man, if I only covered baseball, I'd have like 15 subscribers here. And look, I still love baseball. I just don't know if I if I can watch much more Giants baseball. <laughs> so there you go. 
There is today's show on a Tuesday. It was great to have you here today. If you're listening on the podcast, I thank you so very, very much for doing so. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Hit that button. Smash them all. Hit notify. All that stuff. Really appreciate it if you do. We're going to hop into Club Plus before we give you a double shot Tuesday in the VIP room. So between now and then, let me just remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, He's gone.